Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast in sunny and slushy Jersey City, New Jersey. Your regular host, Mike Nunez, is off making some Bronx holiday dreams come true. With me today is our regular producer, William Jeffries. Today we'll be talking about CSS animations. Now that Flash is dead and gone and there's no more blink tag, what are we going to do? How are we going to make our websites pop? Marquee tags? You know, bring it back to days. <laughs> yeah, and like my animated construction man who just is always building a site but is never completed. I guess that's a GIF, so I could still do that. Like we just cover the website with GIF, but there may be a better way. Yeah, well, so, you know, I think people poo-poo animations because... I think they get mislabeled as tacky, but animations can be a really powerful part of a UI if they're done well. I think it can be a really powerful tool for directing the user's attention. You know, if there's something happening on the page that you want them to notice, like, you know, they just got a message. If the only update that happens on the page when somebody gets a message is that a badge counter increments from six to seven in the upper right-hand corner where it's not going to be noticed, then you probably, your user is never going to know that you just got a new comment. Right. If that's something you need them to respond to right away, then, you know, maybe you should do something to call their attention. And personally, I think an animation would be a nicer user experience than a pop-up. I think the reason why animation kind of gets a bad rap is because it's just so easy to do poorly. Like if you're just playing around with the CSS animation attributes, which there's like so many tools that you can do with CSS animation now or transitions as well. But, you know, out of the box, like before we started recording, I was just playing with them to refresh my memory. And I was laughing my ass off because like there are some ridiculous things that you can do very easily, like, you know, just grow svg is really big and spin them around and squish them in weird ways and yeah like it's too much power yeah it's, it's so much power and it's a lot of fun but like something like you're talking about is kind of like it's like a little nudge like oh the counter increased maybe it like kind of grows a little bit or like changes color or opacity or something like very kind of subtle it's not like the counter like grows and sparkles shoot off and like all that right i mean it's like you know you look at apple's iMessage. there's a lot of animation in that you don't think about it you don't notice it and that's because it's well done when you send Mm -hmm. a message there's motion to show you where the message is coming from and it's quick enough that it's not distracting but I think that's a powerful use of animation. Also, like the way the triple dots keep your attention while the other person is typing, you know, they don't overdo it. It's not loud and in your face. It's easy to ignore if you want to just, you know, read the back scroll while they're typing. It's kind of funny. I completely forgot that my phone had any kind of animation at all to it. But like now that you mention it, I was just poking on my phone and there's so many subtle animations that happen. And I remember when they added those, to android because i am not an iMessage user i'm like what what is does my phone have animation i don't know and it, it's there as well but I, I i remember now like when they added it i was like kind of very surprised and delighted by it but now it's like kind of so subtle that 
it just washes over me, but it does like make the user experience a lot smoother and calls your attention where it needs to be. Yeah. It's like if a new post is going to appear on the page, you know, you want there to be a little bit of motion to show that the thing is appearing so that you don't miss it if you're not looking at that part of the page when it comes on screen. And you want the animation to like show where the message went to, like whether it was inserted at the top or the bottom. But it is, I think, extremely easy to overdo. Totally. And I could see this being like really useful as well when you're trying to like make a sale like in an e-commerce type situation. Like you want the user to click on the buy button or like on the new product, like, you know, draw them in to like get into your funnel, your conversion funnel and like get to the next stage. Like, yes, look at the product. Yes. Add the product to your cart. Yes. Give us all your money. Great. (laughs) Yeah. I think one thing that people find annoying is like, you notice animations when they're obnoxious, right? And one of the most obnoxious animations, I think, is the infinite looping animation, the one that just never goes away. It's just constantly moving. (laughs) I think people see animations like that where, I don't know, there's like a little bell that will like shake every 10 seconds, you know? And it's like trying to get your attention to get you to click on something and you don't want to click on it. So you you try to ignore it, but it just keeps shaking at you. (laughs) <laughs> Those are the kinds of animations that I think stick in people's memories and make them think that animations are bad. I think also the fact that when you first make an animation, by default, it has linear speed makes animations feel clunky because linear speed always feels clunky. There's like no smooth acceleration and deceleration. So it just like starts and then it's animated and then it stops. It's very aggressive. Yeah, that's kind of been my struggle with this as well. Like there's so much power with the animation. Like we we talked about earlier, you can do so many things with it, but like to make it very nice is a subtle thing and it can get a little bit complicated. There's a lot of different ways you can define the motion and the transform. Like you can use keyframes or you know, any of the built-in things that, that are there. Cubic Bezier, or however you say that, Cubic Bezier. The, like, mm. super tweakable <laughs> acceleration. Depending on how fancy you are. <laughs> and something that I, I struggle with that, too, is, like, how bespoke should the animation be? Like, if we have some button like when i hover on it like it's like calling you in it's like gonna grow a little bit and like kind of like pulse and give you like a fun feeling like oh i should click on that button but like i feel like there might be a bad thing if you're trying to make every button like pulse or like call you in a different way there's definitely some argument i think to be made for like having a design system for animations or some kind of like a a common language of like how things in your brand move or act like what is the way that those things like interact with the user Mm, yeah i think adopting some kind of a framework or having a style guide for animations can be helpful so that if you're working with designers your designers can pull from some stock animations and animation styles yeah because that's also like a hard thing to communicate with a designer where 
you know, you're, you're not animating everything on the page. Like everything on the page needs CSS and styling. So it's easier to come up with a common language to talk about style and like the page elements and some consistency around that. Whereas like animation, at least in my, in my practice has been kind of like, Oh, the, you know, designer needs to figure out like what, how it should feel and like, you know, go to the lab and like cook up some kind of a one-off animation when I think like some bounds are, are very helpful with this kind of thing, like setting your boundaries and be like, okay, like we're just going to use these kind of like ways of communicating animation and, and just leave it to that. Yeah. I think having things enter the page quickly, but slow down as they're approaching the location where they're going to end up on the page can be helpful because it's one, it's faster than if you were to just have mm-hmm. like a linear motion because for the most of the time it's fast. And then two, because it slows down as it's reaching wherever it's supposed to be, it draws your attention to that part of the screen, the part of the screen where it's supposed to be and where you're going to be interacting with it next. And I think very felt like definitely a second is too long for an animation usually. <laughs> So faster is is better most of the time. And then I think when elements are leaving the page, they should accelerate out just the same way that they decelerated in. I think you, you want them to leave even faster than they came in. I read a blog post where they referred to it as like sort of like a, a knight's squire. You know, if the knight calls the squire, then he needs to like come in running, but then compose himself, you know, as he arrives. And then when the knight sends the squire away, he should like, you know, get moving right, and get leave even it. faster than he came. It's like the, <laughs> your user interface is trying to be courteous and respectful and deferential to the user. To arms. To arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I read an interesting article from uh, Smashing Magazine that, you know, we can link to in the show notes. And they were kind of like comparing some techniques of like traditional animation like you know like disney hand-drawn animation and like how those are kind of like rooted in like physics and like the actual behavior of real things in real life and like understanding how things behave in real life can help you design a better animation because then it won't violate your expectations yeah, I think the most compelling animations that you see, like from material design, you know, Google's animation library from material design, some of the most compelling animations in there are the ones that appear to follow the normal rules of physics. I guess it's like kind of a rule of thumb. Like if you wanted to break the rules of physics, then that could be cool too. But like just, you know, generally for the sanity of your user, <laughs> like keeping within those rules makes it easier to navigate around yeah it's more intuitive because we already know the rules of physics for the most part maybe not the math but oh speak for yourself i love the rules of physics (laughs) (laughs) i will integrate any day oh maybe actually i don't know if i remember integration anymore oh this reminds me of that yeti animation that you sent me from the with the login screen Oh, man, it's so cute. I love it. It's really adorable. It makes me not want to finish (laughs) logging in because I just want to play with the Yeti. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you, you like start. Awesome. You'd like type in your username, and there's this Yeti whose face just follows your cursor and animate. Like so excited about your. He gets so excited as you're finishing your email address, and then when you tab to the password, he hides his eyes, and <laughs> it just looks like so much fun. And it's in a code pen, so we'll we'll link to the code pen, and you can you can look at it to see exactly how they did it, and it is kind of insane it's pretty complicated there's a lot of javascript there's a lot of css there's a lot of transitions so you may not want to do that yourself but it did make me think how like animation is a really wonderful way to like add like character and personality to your brand that makes it really fun to use a product yeah i think that's one of those areas where there's a line you know because on the one hand the Yeti is very distracting. <laughs> like, it just slowed me down. <laughs> I did not want to finish doing the thing that I was supposed to do, which was actually log in, because I wanted right. to play with the Yeti. But I could <laughs> see some brands where that is extremely appropriate. Like, if you're selling toys to kids, or if you're, like, a game website, yeah, having something that's really playful and recognizable and fun, that could be a really powerful way of building a brand. Yeah, very, very reticent of, you know, flash games of your, but maybe not appropriate for Altason like to add this to Jira. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you don't want to see the cute Yeti on your bank login. It just doesn't make it feel <laughs> safe. Like, <laughs> is this Yeti like, like covering his eyes while I answer my password, actually keeping my password secure? <laughs> like the covering the eyes of the SVG does nothing to hide the key loggers that the Russians have embedded in the website. <laughs> yeah. I guess we talked a little bit about like the technical aspect of like implementing this, like, you know, so you decided you're going to add a giant Yeti to your login screen. <laughs> yeah. Like how do you, what considerations do you have to take in order to yeah, I mean, there's make sure you're not punishing your users for doing something that heavy. Mm. I mean, Chrome has good dev tools for doing performance optimization. Like you can do recordings of the animation and see how it affects memory see how many repaints you're doing. And like, if you have JavaScript interacting with the CSS, you can see the different calls to JavaScript. And if you're getting jank, where the page look loads sort of jerky or, or moves in a sort of a jerky way, and you're seeing that like page render jank, you know, you can, you can go through and debug it that way. But I think erring on the side of CSS over JavaScript is usually helpful. Mm, yeah, that, that makes sense. I haven't used these tools in Chrome or DevTools for profiling animation performance particularly, but like I know that they have in other things, really like throttle CPU and network speed, and that, that could be an interesting thing to like look into and see. Okay, like if I am using like a mobile, like how does this animation respond or like how does it perform? Yeah, and I think mobile is a really good use case for animation because if you want your web application to feel native or to even feel like it belongs in the same ecosystem as everything else on somebody's phone, adding some animations I think can be really helpful. I mean, so much of your interaction on your phone is animated, like everything from like unlocking it to you know swiping to see the notifications. Like, there's just so much movement. Yeah, yeah. 
but just keep it tasteful and you know don't destroy your poor mobile battery i think another thing that you might want to keep in mind on the technical side is like browser support like particularly with like mobile browsers like for the most part like animation is very broadly supported but it's always good to think about like what kind of platforms your users might be using what kind of browsers they're using on those platforms and what kind of pitfalls or like inconsistencies there might be in the animation tools that you're using yeah there's also some weird gotchas you know like since we got keyframe animations which makes it possible to transition from like basically any CSS state to any other CSS state. It seems like basically anything is possible with CSS at this point. You can make anything happen on the page. But I ran into a ridiculous limitation that I was shocked has not been addressed by major browsers yet, which is, you know, if you're animating something that grows on the page, you're going to want the things below that element to be displaced, right? And you would imagine that they would be displaced in a smooth way at the same transition rate as the animation. That makes sense to me. The browser will not re-render everything else in the DOM at a high enough frame rate to match Hmm. the transition. So you have to use these kludgy hacks. Like, instead of animating on height, you can animate on max height, which for some reason will bypass this restriction and, and cause it to actually animate or re-render the things below it so that it appears to grow. But if you do that, it messes up your animation timings because it does all the timings based off of the theoretical max height as opposed to the actual calculated height. Oh, no. So also you have to introduce a max height, which you know means that you're content doesn't just grow infinitely as there's more of it so you can there's a way around it if you want to use javascript but then it goes from being like five lines of code to like 50 lines of code it just seems crazy oh, man. this is not supported <laughs> yet. right so you know be careful what your designer's asking for i guess like <laughs> it can turn into a boondoggle like i always like i mentioned before like prefer having some kind of like preset agreed upon patterns and rules like so that we already know what's possible and we build upon that together but even better than that like maybe you don't have a designer and you're you're just figuring this out is you're trying to find like a framework or a library of animations that you can just leverage out of the box that just work so i know that they have this for react Uh, there's library called spring that seems to have some good traction i haven't used it myself and there are like a couple other alternatives but animating things in react with the virtual dom as i understand it is like kind of a special case that can be extra challenging so like it can be good to like leave that to somebody else sometimes and there are other like uh, libraries that you can use just for straight up css you know animations just to keep your your life easy and you know find something sane and just move on with your day keep your life easy and find something safe <laughs> talk to your designer to see if react spring is right for you <laughs> yeah, side effects exactly. may include maximum height in your css <laughs> yeah there's this website animate.style 
that is like a library of different animations or like nice things and if you don't have that language to talk with your designer about it it can be like nice to like just kind of click on these different animations like oh what does a rubber band look like or shaking or you know ta-da wobble there's a jello one this is pretty ridiculous i'm really amazed that any of these things are possible but they're there it's pretty cool so there you have it flash is dead january 12th no longer gonna work for you but don't cry there's so many tools that we have in our toolbox with css and javascript to make wonderful animations on our websites oh yeah we forgot about wappy the web animations <laughs> api oh yeah there's so much stuff it's so cool but you know don't go too nuts keep it simple and yeah have fun oh hey look it's mike uh hey mike why don't you do the outro i don't i don't feel like doing that one follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast on behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. <laughs>